Good morning, loves, and welcome to the fourth episode of this pre-podcast. Today is going to be all about getting to know your inner space. Let's just dive right into it. I hear it's calling again So, your inner space is the space that holds your thoughts, remembered experiences, values, experienced feelings, and so on. It's where you speak and think to yourself inside your mind. You can see this space as a bubble. Some say that introverts have their space above their head, slightly tilted backwards, like sticking out behind them, while extroverts have theirs above their head, sticking out in front of them. As an ambivert, I can totally resonate with this way of picturing it. My space, however, is not stagnant right over my head as you may think it would be for an ambivert. It is just both. Sometimes it is slightly behind me and sometimes it is slightly in front of me. The reason I'm starting off by giving you this way of imagining it is that observing my own behavior with this model has taught me a lot about myself. So hopefully it can teach you something about you too. One of the things that I have observed is that when I am in a calm situation, usually by myself, my inner space takes the shape of an extrovert. But in situations where I feel overwhelmed, or just most social situations in general, my inner space takes the shape of an introvert. For a long time, I have been doubting if my extroverted traits are actually a survival skill that I have developed because sometimes my extroverted traits feel really forced. But recognizing how my inner space moves in different situations, I'm not sure that's the only explanation anymore. The extroverted traits are in some situations a coping mechanism, clearly, and sometimes they just need space and safety to come out and bloom, and that makes a lot of sense too. And that is actually a good thing to learn. Let's just stop for a quote that I just made up here. Okay, so take this with you through your journey. Our one-sentence answers can seldom cover the complexity of our whole being. Damn, I just realized that I trip over this a lot. Yeah, this was a good realization. For the past decade, we've been living in a society that promotes quick answers, and that is not something to take after as human beings. We often compromise our answers when our highest self and inner child actually needs us to put the whole process of how we became who we are into words. We miss a lot of clues with these one-sentence answers that we tell ourselves and other people. As our mind is also a recorder, these are also the sentences it will pick up on and tell you over and over and over again until it becomes your truth. Your whole truth and nothing but the truth. Except that it's not. So the takeaway is watch out for the one-sentence answers. Back to our inner space. Energy doesn't lie. It always comes down to that. We are told from the moment we are born who we are, how we are, and what we are expected to be like. And that means that a lot of the complex map of who we really are is hidden away for long periods of time. 
You may think that you're an extrovert because those traits are something that you have been required to develop or the other way around, but observing yourself and your inner space with this method may teach you otherwise. However you choose to imagine this, the point is that the more you learn about your inner space, the more it tells you about yourself and that knowledge can really be turned into power. Some people imagine their inner space as a space inside their body, some inside their soul, some as an auric field around your being, some as a small space inside of your brain. Now, how do you imagine your inner space? What form does it have? How far does it reach? Now, let's get into how to get into your inner space. Okay, so this is kind of complex and... This is such a weird place in between science and fussy figurative imagination. But it works for a lot of people, so let's get into it. Most people can access their inner space pretty easily. You think of a memory, hear a sound, think a thought, and you're in. Not being able to reach your inner space, however, can be a sign of trauma. And the same goes for not really knowing what your inner space is. The ordinary mind lives with its inner space. Life just happens and sometimes you get into your head and stay there for a while and then you're back in your so-called reality again. And that is just the way life goes. A healthy mind lives through its inner space. A healthy system in this sense is not divided into mind, body, inner space, soul, heart and so on. A healthy system works as a whole and the transitions are happening smoothly. Not like, damn, I heard a loud noise, now I'm back in reality. And that is part of why a healed inner space is so important. People do not thrive when their reality is divided. They thrive when everything is working in symbiosis. That is the perfect symmetry in everything that we are constantly looking for. Use this example to ask yourself how aligned all of your systems are. As previously mentioned, a thought, sound or memory can be enough to get into your inner space. But if this is not the case, try to lean into it. In periods of time when I have been really disconnected to both my mind and body, always on autopilot, I usually tried slightly leaning back or slightly leaning forward. Kind of like gliding into the bubble over my head. Super weird technique, but totally works for me. It is all about visualizing things in a way that works for you. Some put their hand on their heart, some massage their elbows, or eyebrows, or their head. Some need to close their eyes. And I've noticed that what we're actually doing here is for the most part calming our nervous system enough to tune inwards. Which also explains why it gets so much harder to get into your inner space and fully feel safe in your inner space the more traumatized we get. 
In periods of strong dissociation, it is pretty common to not even be able to recognize that you have an inner space or to be able to reach it at all. Which also is part of why our memories get worse in those types of periods. When we talk about getting into our body instead of being in our head, this is also part of what we are talking about. Being in your inner space, your attention and intention is directed inwards instead of outwards. But again, no matter what you do to get into your inner space, that is perfectly good enough. Whatever works for you is a perfectly good way. Most times we do not even think about this as something to think about because it just works. But in times of disconnection, an elaborate technique really helps. This is also what healing is all about. Learning how we work, why, and create a better life for ourselves with that knowledge. So let's say this helps as little as 5% of you listeners. Then that is 5% better than before listening to this episode. We all need to hear people talk about things we go through and struggle with to feel connection and self-love. Hopefully you will not ever need this technique, but if you find yourself struggling in the future, remembering this podcast episode might help. Also, having techniques for everything is actually good for the brain. Working with your brain in this way is actually a way of reassembling synesthesia. Synesthesia is, extremely simplified, when the brain connects different parts as a way of improving the memory. A synesthete's brain connects all of its senses, meaning that the sound of the ocean waves can make a synesthete feel the sensation of water on their skin, taste the salt water on their tongue, see the ocean before them and also smell the ocean at the same time, all by hearing a sound. Synesthetes actually have better memory. And in case of brain damage, their brains recover faster because the tissue synapses and so on are already familiar with this micro-multitasking. So learning to connect your senses and find techniques that works for you personally can actually be good both for your memory and work as a potential future damage control. So, needless to say, doing the work is worth it. (sighs) Now I need you to describe your space to yourself. What does it look like? How does it feel? My space, until like this spring, was actually space. Like the whole universe inside of me. And it was kind of beautiful. I mean, it wasn't just like a blank black space of nothingness. I mean, it was stars and galaxies and everything. I really enjoyed being in my space back then, but not in the way that I do now. Going into my space was like, let's say someone asks me about something and I cannot remember it, so I need to go into my memory bank and poke about for a while. My inner space would then go from being a bubble over my head to suddenly be all over the place. One second I am in my reality and the next I am in my space, literally, just floating around. 
How people organize their inner space is different too. Some have neat archives, some have a complete mess. For me, a person of the technological age, I would just see my timeline and choose where I'm going and then I was zoomed into that part of my life. And the deeper I got in the search, the more memories I would be able to re-encounter. The memories I would recall on the way would stay with me for a couple of days and then fade. For a brief moment, for a brief period of time, I would remember them and think, well, that connects some dots. I have not remembered this for a while and that would be that. I was not living with my memories. They just popped up and really craved my attention every once in a while. Now, in my new space, it's not like that at all. I live with them. They are the ground I walk on, the pillars in my temple and my throne. They are no longer inconveniences, because I want them there. I would say what shifted my reality, or what shifted my perspective on my inner space and how that looked to me, was my spiritual awakening. And I don't know if you actually know what a spiritual awakening is. I didn't before it happened. So what I learned is that awakening, or woke which is actually a really misused word today, or awake, whatever you want to call it, is the moment where you wake up, aka your spiritual awakening. And waking up from what, you may wonder? Yeah, I really didn't get that either, but it means that your spiritual awakening is when you wake up from the illusion or delusion that your mind controls your reality. That may seem vague. Or like a really strong statement, if you can grasp it. It says that until this moment, your mind has been dictating your reality and you have bought into that lie. When in reality, you are the one that controls your mind. So, you feel haunted by your thoughts, your insecurities and your supposed flaws. Your spiritual awakening is the moment in which you tell your mind, command your mind to stop. None of what your mind tells you is true. So being awake is in fact living with this knowledge. In our society, we tend to make our minds the dictator of our bodies, which leads to serious disharmony. Our biggest bully is always our own minds. No one can ever be as mean to you as you are to yourself in your own mind. Actually, and this is pretty absurd to realize, Your mind is a recorder and that is pretty much all it is. Most of the ideas you get, you have already seen. The words you speak to yourself are words you have heard someone else speak. So no, you don't hate yourself, you don't hate your body and you don't hate your reality. You have just been conditioned into saying those things, thinking that you actually mean them. Hmm. Yeah, welcome to your healing journey. This will be such a ride. I can't wait. So now you know that none of the things that you say to yourself in your own mind is real. And your mind can be disarmed so easily. The more times you command your mind to stop bullying the rest of your system, the less disharmonious you will feel and the less disharmonious your inner space will be. We live in or with our inner space all of our lives. 
Why choose to spend eternity as captives under a false reality of negativity, toxicity and the burden of being ruled by our own minds when our best possible version of our lives is on the other side of that coin? Just flip it already. Or take it from Buddha. Rule your mind or it will rule you. In Western society... It rules us until we teach ourselves to flip the coin. So now I ask you, in your own time, of course, flip the coin. You deserve the life that is on the other side. Believe me, I know. This side of the coin is so much better in every single way. And I can't believe I didn't know this like before half a year ago. Damn, I've missed so much time where I could truly have been happy. But anyways, I'm there now, finally. Now my inner space is this big bright auric field all around me that I live, breathe and see through. Everything is light. I feel grass underneath my feet or sand or whatever I want to feel. Everything flows. Nothing is stagnant. Most things are no longer attached to an outcome. Have you heard go, glow and grow with the flow? Yeah, (laughs) that is the vibe. In this new space, everything is blooming. I can always feel the sun or the water on my skin and all of my memories are reachable all of the time if I want them. Everything is harmonious, and I truly and deeply believe in myself, honor myself, love myself and my journey. My old story space was really breathtaking and beautiful, but it lacked all of the security, safety and warmth of my new space. And this is so interesting, because what your space looks like to you is a direct reflection of how you relate to yourself how you relate to the world around you, and most of all, how you feel. I couldn't feel any love in my old inner space. I just felt cold and alone, even if looking at the stars made me happy. In this new headspace, I feel the love in everything that I do. Everything is created out of love, and I love and feel gratitude towards everything. Which is my natural state. In the old space, I also felt really unprotected. Some danger like a missed text, a forgotten homework, a call from my boss, or my family's spontaneous negative feelings could come at me from any directions at any time. Completely exposed, and also alone to deal with all of it. Always on guard. In this new inner space, nothing can hurt me. Whatever comes my way can wait. My health is my priority, my happiness is my guideline, and my dharma, aka creative destiny, is my purpose. I feel so aligned and so at peace. So again, what does your inner space look like? Are you happy? With how it looks and how it feels and everything. And if not, is it possible to change it? 
I urge you to do whatever you can to make your inner space the best possible reality in paradise that you could possibly dream of. Because you will live with this and in this and through this for the rest of your life. The work is worth it. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with this. I hope it made some kind of impact or that it stays in your mind or just leave you with a feeling that I deserve more and my life can be more. My inner space and the way I speak to myself can be loving, can be hopeful, protective, inspiring, all of that stuff. Because you are in control of your life and you can get wherever you want to go. You can get there. You will get there. And I really wish that I could only show you how worth it it really is. Okay. Have a great day, guys. And as a lesson for today, try to speak lovingly to yourself. And remember, as of today, your mind will never ever be able to control you again. Because you are awake.